do 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 I want something else, but I'm making a compromise. Okay, I don't know the lyrics of the song, but welcome to the Pond Theater. We're doing something interesting here for at least next month, because Justin and Cody just can't be in the same room together. They had a fight with each other. They, they broke out, so I'm having to put them in timeout for just a little bit. It's just for me, it's just this weekend and next weekend. Uh, for Justin, he's got a job that's, I guess, got him tied down for Fridays right now for the next five weeks. Okay. Well, all right. Then maybe we can make uh, later work. But, uh, you, you know, just for uh, dramatic tensions, we're just going to say, like, you two were in a, it's like a. A family sitcom moment. You, uh, you two were throwing pillows at each other over which movie is better. So we're going to sell the tide for at least uh, sell the tide. I mean, like just to split up for at least two weeks. And so my whole plan is for the next two episodes of the Pond Theater, it's going to be a part one, part two, part one with you, and then part two with Justin just to split things up. So this being part one, we will be talking about Love, Death, Robots. Uh, no sorry love death and robots gotta put that in in there season two which came out last week but we saw that and what came out today though was marvel's modok which is a new r-rated comedy uh by well actually published by disney even though it's not under disney made because it yeah, you put the adult stuff on Hulu, so that, that's what happens. But this has Penn Oswell and a couple of other recognizable voice or actors and actresses, and uh, and and like stop motion animation, like uh, Robot Chicken. So I managed to see all ten episodes. So that is what we're going to be talking about. Since Marvel Modo- Marvel's uh, Modoc just came out, I'm gonna not spoil just. Well, kind of teeter around that, but not not give away too many because th- people are still binging. I mean, there are thirty minute episodes, but still ten episodes, and you know people could be working set Friday and Saturday, and they won't maybe not have time Sunday. So uh, you know, maybe I'll do a spoil talk later because there's not a whole lot of movies coming out the next two weeks. Uh, like next week is Corella and A Quiet Place Part Two, and uh, I might be seeing that movie with a friend. So, yeah, but Corral, that's going to be on Disney Plus as well. And the week after is just actually the only movie releasing is The Conjuring. Now, there is that Spirit movie, but it's only being released for theaters for whatever reason, because it's based off of the Netflix show. But Netflix is not putting it out. I, I don't know. But I'll tell you this. I am not going to the movie theaters every week or every two weeks like I did back then. I am being very selective. If it's not a big movie that people are talking about, I am, and it's not available already on another streaming platform, then the likelihood of me going out to the theaters as opposed to just staying at home, not really. Like, I don't need to be, and I know movie theaters have put some system in place to hopefully stop the spread but in in that case i don't need to be going out for no spirit well and based off of a netflix show that i didn't even like so i 
I don't know, but I get it's weird because DreamWorks is the one that who started this whole let's you can watch a movie at home for 20 bucks when so they're not doing that this time. Apparently, Spirits, the animated film, you've got to see in the theaters. Okay, DreamWorks. Okay. Yeah, meanwhile, Pixar is releasing. Well, I know Disney's having Pixar because Pixar is not happy about it, but Disney's bringing out their films on Disney Plus. Well, for right now, again, the, the fall supposedly uh, we're uh, having to go see Shang Chi and and the Eternals is coming out this year. Uh, all that is going to be in the theaters. So I mean, for now, pretty much till the summer, Disney's going to go with the Disney Plus thing, or maybe they'll be selective. Because I also saw that the Jungle Cruise movie with uh, The Rock and Emily Blunt, or I think it's Emily Blunt, but Mm-hmm. it's emily blunt yeah that. that's going to disney plus i looked that up and it's going to be a disney plus exclusive is it going to be you got to pay 30 dollars to watch no, it no it's it's uh it's going straight the, to disney plus yeah, wow straight to disney plus i was like okay interesting they're being really weird with the ones they're choosing like to just drop and the ones that they're charging you know the ones i think the reason why is because they look at these properties like oh a lot of people are going to pay money for this so these are the movies we're going to charge charge 30 bucks or uh like i think with the jungle cruise i mean it's based off of a disney ride but i don't think there's a huge demand for that movie because there hasn't even been a lot of advertising for it anyway so i, I don't yeah know. but i mean they're dropping luca with no cost but you gotta pay 30 bucks to watch cruella i would rather and, do and, vice uh, versa uh what, what's the other one? Oh, black widow okay black widow makes sense that they're charging 30 bucks for but cruella i don't i don't know I feel like that one should not be a premiere and the Pixar movie should be the premiere one, but I don't run things, so. Yeah, maybe maybe they saw something different. I don't know. Well, we do know that Soul, there wasn't a lot of people who watched Soul, which is unfortunate, but on the Disney Plus st- st- statistics, there was actually fewer people who watched Soul than they did to Wonder Woman 1984. And that wasn't even a, a big hit for Warner Brothers. So how many people paid to watch Raya though? Do you know? No, like, that, that one also bought like this $30 thing. I, I, yeah, in general, I don't think is working out, but I don't know. Disney's trying it two more times and then in the fall, you got to go to the theaters to watch these movies, which are right. But yeah, I, I'm not going out for some ponies, but probably the one after A Quiet Place 2 will be Fast 9, because I mean, that that's a big monster of a movie. Uh, that's only going to be in theaters. Uh, they're not going with Peacock or whatever. <laughs> and also watch that Werewolves Within, just because the, the gamer in me is also confused as to why Ubisoft uh, wants to make a movie adaptation off of this VR game that had a mixed reception out of all of their properties. So that's that's the next video game movie, which is interesting. And I'm not, I'm not against, like, video game-based movie, like, movies based off of a lesser-known games. I think that's a cool idea. That 
that could throw some people off of like, okay, I've never heard of this property. What, what sort of things could you do with it? That gives more freedom to play around with the toolbox. But from what I know about the werewolves within, I mean, the concept could make a good movie, but seeing the game did not have good reviews. I don't know. Maybe, maybe Ubisoft saw something. I mean, currently they're still sexually harassing their employees. So, I mean, I, I don't even know. <laughs> we want to, but people still love Assassin's Creed. They don't care. So, I mean, I don't know. And, uh, oh, July. Yeah, July's got the new Purge movie and the Snake Eyes. Those are probably the two. Is that coming out in July? The yeah, Snake... the Snake Eyes oh. Origins movie. Or, not, oh, yeah, okay. Snake, the G.I. Joe spinoff with uh, Henry Golding. I didn't watch the trailer, though. A lot of people said the trailer wasn't bad. No, it is. It isn't. I mean, if anything, it feels less like G.I. Joe and more like a um, an Asian, like a martial arts movie. So it might be good or it might not be good. Again, I don't know what the purpose is behind making origin stories of G.I. Joe characters. <laughs> But maybe they got something out of this. And Henry uh, Golding. I don't know. Is a good people actor. liked Bumblebee. I didn't see it, but I know people liked. No, that Bumblebee one. was great. That that okay. was great. But that was a different situation. That was the Transformers property leaving Michael Bay. Meanwhile, I don't know who the director was for the other live-action GI Joe movies, but I don't think the property has really taken off. Uh, Steven Summers did the first one, the guy who did the Brendan Fraser mummy movies. And yeah. then I forget who directed the second one that had Bruce Willis and The Rock in it. I think it was Justin Lin, the guy that's done the Fast and the Furious movies. I could be wrong, though. Yeah. But this is apparently a reboot because I don't think Henry Golding played Snake Eyes on the other one. So they're. No, they're it was Ray yeah. Park played him. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll see. It'll be one of those movies, but mostly I I am sticking with that home until, like, we're in a place where either... Oh, I'm sorry. It was John Chu did G.I. Joe Retaliation. All right. Well, yeah. So I'm I'm very selective, at least for right now. uh, Yeah, so... I'll, I'll find out, see see what works out. But if it's an indie film that's only released in theaters, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not nothing against in, indie films, but I'm I'm not going out there for it. So it's either going to have a lot of hype over, it or it's something that I really really want to see, and I cannot see it other way, any other way besides in theaters. So yeah, I'm even looking forward to In the Heights, and I'm just gonna watch that at home because it's there. Like I have a HBO Max subscription i'm gonna use it i've actually already saw it it was my first theater experience back i got to see a free screening of it for mother's day i understand but if you did feel safe enough to go it is worth seeing on the big screen well you can say like you you can have that review well you know what just for next because i'm gonna review i'm gonna see it on hbo max but how about, like, next week, you can give your thoughts on it. Okay. I mean, okay. I could save it for when we review it, because... Yeah, or just, that. I was, yeah, or that. I was just you saying know. that I've already seen it, and it was definitely yeah. worth seeing it on okay. the big screen. All right. Well, let's get into today's movie, because there's nothing else. I mean, again, I got my brand new computer, 
have to make a different set because uh my or my co-host rihanna gave me this camera and there was some issues originally with uh the mic being too loud now i was able to lower the volume and, and pitch it down but still i was like okay i should probably uh, find a different mic and for right now this is kind of a placeholder but you know setups are setups finding new things and that was kind of and actually after we're done recording i'm going to try to install an ssd drive on this fancy smancy laptop i got for my birthday and it's a powerful machine amazing machine so uh yeah just uh everything good except uh well you know in in the place where i live bad internet and not close to any workplace related to my skills so i'm kind of doubled down on this for now and i always be i'm always dedicated to this because i love it love uh, spending time with you and justin talking about movies by the way but this isn't about movies this is actually about uh tv shows well actually uh streaming and we're gonna start off with life death and robots no actually we're gonna start out with modok because life death and robots that came out last week so we're gonna start out with the one that is trending right now which i was looking forward to this when i saw the trailer i was like okay the creators of robot or the producers of robot chicken they made some other shows before i saw one and i really liked it buddy thunderstruck which is a bunch of it's these like two redneck uh, truck drivers it's like making fun of the southerners and uh people uh, going crazy now it for me, it was kind of like a more family-friendly version of Robot Chicken, which is perfectly fine. I mean, to ta- ca- or tater- tailor that sort of stoner-type humor that you see in that show and make it something that is more family-friendly, set in this old Western town filled with crazy animals and two uh, crazy truck drivers who just want to stir up things around but it was hilarious it was a lot of fun uh and i i enjoyed the entire first season of it now i haven't gone around watching the second season and that short-lived because netflix had this period where they're doing this choose your adventure of hey should this character go this way or that way they had one for Buddy Thunderstruck. It was not very good, but it wasn't even that fall. It's just this concept Netflix was coming up with. I I don't think it was all that fleshed out. Even when they did it with Black Mirror, I forgot the name of it, but it was about... Bandersnatch. Yeah, yeah, Bandersnatch. Yeah. Which, you know, people loved it. That's great. I, I was when the minority of people. was like, eh, it's all right. Yeah, did I do that for a Kimmy Schmidt episode too? Yeah, th- that was something they were trying for quite a few people, but I, I mean, I haven't heard from it in a while, so I think Netflix dropped it. But for this, they are switching to Hulu. Now, there's an actually an interesting story behind this show because originally there was going to be a series of adult animated shows based around Marvel properties. There was going to be one for Howard the Duck. It wasn't Kevin Smith involved in that one? Yeah. There was also a, I think, Silver and Sable. There was a couple. In fact... There was something yeah. with a monkey character. I forget the name of the character. Yeah. And they even had something called the Offenders, where you were to bring all these 
villains together or all these like misfit characters together that sounded cool but disney marvel just came over and canceled almost everything except marvel's modok now there could be some theories about it maybe this is a test to see if the modern viewing audience would like modok and maybe he'll appear later in the mcu because modok's been a marvel villain that almost appeared in the mcu a couple times they were trying to get modok to be the villain for a couple of the captain america movies but scrapped it because they are like okay how do we make this work in live action a a giant floating head uh with like little hands and and feet uh, with a like a, a hover pack like how do we put that in live action so i just i guess they're just kind of like going around and going, you know what, maybe this is too much. I don't think we can buy this, but Marvel's at a, a point where they've had so many ridiculous characters brought to life and able to do something with it. So maybe this is something they're looking to re-explore, but the, just greenlit the show because they I, maybe they found something in it. But this is about the classic Marvel villain MODOK uh, who people who read the marvel comics or seen the marvel tv shows he's been there quite a few times actually my first experience of the modok character was in uh, marvel ultimate alliance he was actually one of the boss fights and then i started seeing him in animated shows and other things too but never in live action but though this care the popularity of this character has been growing to where they're like yeah, okay we'll do a stop motion animation show and Patrick Oswald is going to do the voice of Modoc. For this story, though, he is trying to take over the world and build a utopia where everybody appreciates him. Fortunately, he sucks at because he just can't get everything is going wrong for him. Uh, he's running out of money for AIM and the organization that he's built. And uh, there, he's in the middle of a divorce with his wife. So many other bad things going on. Like he's having everything taken away from him and just becoming that like misfit villain. Well, now he has to figure out, okay, how do I make this reality? This, this dream I always wanted and keep my family at the same time. Meanwhile, there are other people, there are other villains and other heroes that are trying to take the spotlight away from him. I mean, in the trailer, you saw Wonder Man voiced by Nathan Fillion. And he even said in the trailer, lover of your wife. Yes, that, that is a plot point. He is he is trying to take uh, his, or Modoc's uh, wife away from him. So he's had quite a few rough times. And th- the thing going into this, because some some people may not know uh, the, produ- the producer Robot Chicken's other work. And I, I guess because I've studied animation i watch a lot of animation i am aware that they've had other projects outside of this with the same stop motion figurine art style but this one looks like it's had a lot more money thrown at it and one thing you can tell if you're just comparing between robot chicken for lip sync the mouse there would always be like the this little sticker or this piece of paper over the character's mouth and they would just change it on the fly and now like characters have actual mouthpieces 
Now, have you seen like a behind the scenes of a stop motion movie? You know that in order for characters to kind of move their lips around, they have to kind of exchange mouthpieces on the bottom lip. So, I mean, more money is thrown at for sure. Besides that, I mean, there's some more effects going on. There's more wide shots. And that's because they've had not just a lot more money, but a lot more time to be able to go bigger than what they normally, what you normally see on a robot chicken episode. And plus, unlike robot chicken, there is a story going on here. And that's nothing against, say, Robot Chicken, but this isn't a series of skits. There is a plot that had, well, doesn't have an end quite, I wouldn't say yet, but there is a beginning, middle, and end point of this set season. And, and people are going to have different sizes. You're going to have the like the, the comic book fans who want everything to be exactly like the comics. So those people are going to look at this MODOK uh, show and go like, Wait, when did Modoc have kids? Where did this Lou came from? And uh, was it Stephanie, the one who actually looks like Modoc? Which that's a, an interesting Melissa. Oh, Melissa. Why do I say Stephanie? Melissa. That's kind of the cute thing is that these two had sex, and one looks like Modoc, and the other <laughs> looks like. Yeah, which, one kid has is a floating head, and the other kid's just a kid that looks like the wife. Yeah, well, that is interesting. And to my knowledge, these are original characters for the show. Now, I did read up and realize some of these characters the show is pulling up is from the comics. But yeah, this is their own take on these characters. I mean, Modoc. I don't think people see him as the loser normally but just because right now he's still he's considered an obscure by the viewpoint of the present day marvel fans i mean that that's where they kind of pitch him this way but you know this family dynamic is actually working but what do you think I mean, I don't know much about Modoc other than he was a floating head villain in the comic books. And like you, my first exposure to him was a video game. It's a little bit older. It was like a Marvel fighting game. I forget the name of it. I had it on the PlayStation 1, but Modoc was one of the people you could fight as or that you fought. Oh, Marvel versus Capcom. Yeah, yeah. I think Modoc was a character you could play as. Yeah. But... Yeah, I kind of dig that they took this um obscure character that only like hardcore comic fans know and kind of turned a supervillain show into a family sitcom slash workplace comedy. And I think the casting of Patton Oswalt as Modoc was perfect. Oh yeah, Patton Oswalt, he's a funny guy. And he can really add the levity to a different thing. I mean, it's even though there's some heart added to it, it's a show that hardly takes itself seriously. In fact, it kind of pulls the same strings as, say, Lego Batman movie. Because one thing I admire of this show is that it will go up and, and just pick the weirdest characters, and then you find out they actually came from the Marvel comics. Like, you look at Ten Pin, for example, the, the, <laughs> this villain who looks like a you're like okay no way is that an actual marvel character uh, what <laughs> you, you just google these That's characters perfect. they're real 
are all those guys at that bar real Marvel villains? No, they're real Marvel villains. They exist in... I was like... That makes it even more hilarious that they're actual characters. I didn't know that. That That's perfect. You, you know, that's great. Because, and it was thanks to the Lego Batman movie that Polka Dot Man became popular enough to where now he's in the Suicide Squad. Because I don't think anybody would think of Polka Dot Man until lego batman brought up all these weird batman villains that actually existed and the only one that i even remember was the condiment king just because he was in the batman animated series that's right there was that episode with yeah the condiment yeah <laughs> but i knew marvel had some some really cheesy villains because i actually watched the 80s iron man show they had a villain called backlash <laughs> and it, it basically what does backlash do he has a whip and like a helmet on so backlash i guess referring to hey i'm gonna whip you backlash i'm like is is that okay, different that's... from the whiplash character yeah but it's backlash okay i don't know <laughs> but yeah, I mean, actually, a lot of the characters in this show are from from actual, either actual comic references or actual comic book characters. Wonder Man was originally like in the comics. He basically similar to this. He tried to like go steal Storm from uh, Black Panther, I think, or uh, T'Challa. So. Then this, he's trying to steal Modoc's wife, or uh, oh, what was her name? No, I had it. But that's the just the really just sweet brilliance of this is that it's going to take these characters, whether or not you recognize them, and do something real, really fun or just downright hilarious with them. It, this is the. Um, not Melissa, Jody. That's what I was that, yeah, Jody. I just yeah. looked it up. So I, I, I was really digging the show, even in times when the humor felt like it, it was. I, I mean, taking jokes that I felt were being to death. Like there was an episode where uh, I'm not gonna say too much, but you know, I, I mean, they make fun of a lot of things, and not just the Marvel unit, but they make other movie references and jokes of other things too. But there is a part where Modoc goes to Asgard <laughs> and he meets these, uh, again, th- there's a joke that I think is just too much. These screaming, what is it? A screaming, uh, oh, screaming goats. Like that meme they used for just cheap laughs in kids' movies. I, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of sick of that. I mean, there are some jokes I didn't. I felt like didn't work, but it, it was mostly a solid ratio. It worked better than it didn't. And I, I like that it's using using this humor, using these obscure characters again to tell a story. I didn't even know that the bar with no name is, is an actual bar in the Marvel comics. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah, I'm like, this is very faithful as much as it's just being silly, like knowingly silly. Like, they these guys went real deep and i I'm, i really appreciate that 
Well, I mean, you know, lo- despite whatever your opinions are, because, you know, that's how I knew it was the people from Robot Chicken because Seth Green's name was on it, which I think he does some voice work for minor characters in here, too, somewhere. Yeah. Those guys are fans of stuff. And even in Robot Chicken, they do stuff like that where they will, like, pull, like, obscure references. Even though they're poking fun at it, they're also, like, lovingly, like, adapting something and that's what they did here so you know they're fans of the comic books and stuff so even though they're like doing this for laughs they're like pulling from the source material yeah but i mean this show i mean gave me the the similar charm that i did of the lego batman movie i mean yeah it's not made out of legos but still like all the characters made out of toys there's some neat visuals to where it almost feels like someone's playing with action figures and he, and even points where it's just making other sorts of like random references to just how weird the show can get and then he, but yet still keep you invested in this family dynamic to see where it goes i even know that well modok he is a punk and he's also a jerk like you know he's a villain he kills people He's, I mean, he, he ripped out, or no, he blasted an employee's arm off and <laughs> who became a prominent character in the, in this series that, that we really do love Gary. Yeah, I love Gary. I was not expecting him to become like a big part of the show, but I love that what you would think is just a random employee or peon that gets, you know, feels the wrath of the supervillain but he's a very much core member of the show and what's going on yeah and he, you even see that he has his own relationship it's like wow they built a whole arc around this one guy who wanted coffee and, and while wearing a hazmat suit by the way trying to drink coffee with a hazmat suit on i, I like that they are really cute with that now if if anything about this season, I, I mean, I guess that is the worst part is that sometimes the jokes, they, they don't or they run thin or it might be trying too hard to uh, kind of push a certain uh, like, jo- I mean, I, I wouldn't say all the time. I mean, mostly this this works and it, and it is fun. And I, I actually cared about the characters and what was going on, which is something I didn't expect. Except for maybe one. If there's a weakest link to this. I'm going to say it's Lou. And the ah. reason why I say it's Lou is because this is the character where it's Ben Schwartz being Ben Schwartz from Sonic. Because all what Lou does is just act random, just be uh, sort of just be sort of like uh, oblivious to everything and be like like that sort of pretentious type of annoying and it's not well it's not saying that they don't try to i mean he he's a magician and he's uh, you know always wanting to look at the positive side of things but lou got to a point where i just didn't really see the character i just saw ben schwartz which he's a great voice actor but that also brings another weird question because in this show they mentioned that uh uh or uh Modoc's wife is uh latina and i know there is this whole thing of like mixed race but 
Ben Schwartz is not Latina or no Latino. So that does bring the question about like, because I mean, this is the big thing going on with voice acting right now. Like, you know, properly voicing a character based on their race or ethnicity or whatever. Some people might have a problem with that. I would totally get it. I don't know if this show is going to face that type of backlash. Because again, it is a comic book fan. I mean, everybody's like a figurine. So maybe people aren't like looking too deep into it. But if someone says, yeah, it's kind of weird that Ben Schwartz is voicing a Latino-esque character. Or someone that it is passing off more Latino than even mixed. I don't know what that will say. Because I felt like the show partially was looking for celebrities, which it did get. So, I, I mean, you got some other actors in there as well. Yeah, but there's there's a ton of Latino actors or voice actors they could have hired for this part. Yeah. So, it's not even just, like, that that he was the voice of it. It's just that the, the character was written to be, like, Ben Shorts. Mm-hmm. And I had, like, like, that was he didn't like tear the show down for me but every time the show was focused on just him i wasn't like totally thrilled but it wasn't like bad it's just something they're gonna have to think about when they go into season two because they want to go multiple seasons with this well i mean they leave it open at the end for another season so yeah how do you feel about this overall overall I enjoyed it. I, I agree with you that not all the jokes land. This isn't like a, you know, you're going to laugh out loud the whole 20 minutes you're watching it, but there are going to be some episodes that really make you chuckle. And I agree that um, it's a little too much Ben Schwartz. And I don't feel like, like you said, that Lou's really a character. It feels like they were just like, okay, Ben Schwartz, do your thing on the mic. Whereas Patton Oswalt kind of, created the character of modok even though he's you know it's Patton oswalt and he's you know being Patton oswalt but he's able to do a performance through it if that makes sense like he's the character yeah but I mean, yeah oh yeah. but overall i think this is a pretty fun show and i'm wondering like you said if this was like this did when disney took over like hulu and fox if this was like their way of like testing the waters to see if they can do some other like obscure more adult properties well either that or they're thinking well we wanted to have modok in the mcu because this is what what's been uh, for the longest time they're like okay let's bring modok back in the light let's see how he fares do people like this character do they want to see him in live action and how do we make him uh work in live action which i think that'll be an interesting test yeah, and I I think if they you can make this character work in live action if you really figure something out. I mean, if they can bring talking space raccoons and even what they plan to do in the future with uh, She Hulk and some other more. I mean, Fantastic Four is coming back. I think there is room for Modok and even some of these other characters. I actually want to see them do a Wonder Man. Which I don't know how that will fare to like the movie watchers if they're gonna go like, oh, is Marvel trying to rip off Wonder Woman? Oh, I see what you're doing there. No, it's not the same character. This 
I mean, I mean, hey, you got Storm and well, okay, never mind. You don't have the Black Panther, or maybe they'll have a new Black. I don't know, I, but I do think some of these characters deserve another light. I, I mean, even looking at some of the other characters they bring up later, and I'm not going to go into detail, but for the those who played uh, Marvel Ultimate event, or Marvel Ultimate Alliance, the first one. Maybe something else. Some Mar- old Marvel fans are going to remember this character, Arcade. And some would say Arcade is kind of the Marvel version of Joker. Because he's all about having this carnival of uh, death games. And always playing around with like retro games, arcades, or carnival uh, carnival game systems. And he kind of looks like uh, almost... Arthur or Chucky like and I think you could make that character work in the MCU if you're going to go for something a little more uh, I mean you have to change some things up so he's not ripping off the theatrical jokers but you know I, I think Marvel's at a point where they could just go with whatever they want I mean I even hear they're bringing oh what was the barbaric oh Sonya Sonya they're bringing Sonya back, which people have never even heard of Sonya. Mo- modern Marvel fans probably never heard of Sonya. Sonya has only been in the comics, and they had that one movie in the 80s with, uh, I think, uh, the Terminator was in that. Yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger. But hey, there's room for more. You know, I give it a high good because I was. At the end of it, where it left off on a cliffhanger, it was a good cliffhanger. I was like, okay, I want to see where this goes. But yeah, I guess that's something I'll have to address if they want to do more with this Lou character. And yeah, just don't don't like drive memes to the ground. I get it. That, I mean, this is making references to everything. But yeah, no, I enjoy it. It's great that Marvel's allowing this to happen. So who knows? On to the other adult show that came out last week, Love, Death, and Robots Season 2, which I was one, or I was one who thought Love, Death, and Robots, the first one was cool. I was not in love with it as, as other people were. And I think the thing about that was that because the, even though these are made by different studios, there is a producer of each of these seasons. They get a different filmmaker to come in and direct a whole season because it's a series of shorts season one was from the deadpool director and uh, i think david fitcher was another one yeah they both were executive producers on the well, show producers, and, I, yeah. and yeah. I think tim miller did direct some of the episodes yeah i think he directed some on this season too though well that's the thing is you got a new producer in here well there's gonna be a different because they got a season three coming i think next year so they're gonna have different filmmakers come in and produce a whole season this one you have the woman who did the kung fu panda sequels oh okay which it's interesting when you bring a woman in here because my, my issue with the first season is that i felt like it was uh, a little too sexist I mean, I, I, I get people have those, nostal- like, hey, it's like heavy metal. But yeah, I think that was exactly the vein they were going for. Yeah. I, I just think watching it, 
I would, I would, if so, if a woman were to see this and go like, yeah, I don't know about Love, Death, and Robots because almost every episode has to do with you know a woman being sexually exploited. I would get that because that was a big problem for me with the first season. That's why I could not love it. There were episodes I loved, but the season as a whole, not for me. So this season where she's like, all right, boys, get out of here. Taking out all the titties. We're not we're not going with this anymore. It's like, okay, you're going to make it more story driven and, and thoughtful. I would like that approach. And it's shorter, too. It's only eight episodes as opposed to the last one was 13. And be, that is a big improvement for me. Actually, that's one thing I'll say right off the bat. What I think season two does better is that it is respectful towards different genders. You do see men, you do see women here, and they're not, you know, women are not being looked at as a sex object. There's not that uh, short, like in the first one where they had a, a Into the Spider-Verse art style, but it's about a woman and, and, a, and a rapist getting, coming after her. Like not, the nothing one where she to, witnesses the crime. Yeah, yeah. Like, like nothing of that to just really look for a uh, way to just show naked women and to show yeah I, I was not into that and this season definitely improved on that a lot and it also the other thing about this is that it also kind of steers away from the whole theme love death and robots in certain episodes like I noticed in a couple of the episodes, it's starting to be a little more loose with the term love, death, and robots. With the theme is, hey, there's going to be some love between two characters. There's going to be some robots. And somebody or something's going to die. And there are certain times where it's like, okay, a choo-choo train, that's a robot. It's there. We got You got your robot right there. That is a mechanical thing. I mean, you know, it's not going beep, bop, boop, but it's a it passes and there are episodes where somebody doesn't die, but the, the thought of death happens. So, I mean, I get that, but that that might stir some people off too. It's like what every episode needs to be about love, death and robots. Like that's the name of the show. Why are you giving me episodes where it's not really much of that, but as a whole, I think this is two steps forward, but maybe one step back. I'll say what if there's anything that this season is sort of missing from the last one. It's more variety in the animation. This time around, it seems like most of them are going with the motion capture, which is fine, only that we don't see a motion capture animated film anymore, at least not to much of a degree we used to back in the early 2000s and they perfected mocap animation to where characters look realistic and even in those mocap animation animated shorts they're going in with some thought-provoking ideals like it isn't just okay we're just doing motion capture animation that that's it no it seems like they really got a story to tell with the mocap that they're going with most of the time I would say except for one episode. What did you think about this season overall? Overall, I enjoyed it. I think there are some shorts that are more entertaining than others. I think you're right that, yes, this season is mostly an improvement. One, like you said, it's less episodes. So 
I enjoyed that it was only eight instead of 16 or 18 or it was a lot that first season. Um, and yes, there's less, um, there's less of what's the word objectifying of female characters in this. Yeah. That's not going on at all. Like there was several shorts in the first season that were, cause they were doing that heavy metal type of animation storytelling. Yeah. But like you, I do miss because I feel like the first season did have like so many different styles of animation from short to short. I felt like this one was mostly the same except for a couple. Yeah, I mean, they. the thing is the first one explored so much with 2D animation. This, there's only one short with 2D animation and then the, you'll have a stop motion short and and a couple of ones that are cg but they do play around with different styles and i think animation wise those tend to be the most visually appeasing now with this i would actually say another thing i actually want the shorts to be longer the reason why i say that is because this at this point in the sort of series or challenge that they're doing with uh, love death and robots I would see a short that is there's a lot of uh intro like for example there's one short about being immortal and it's about these two detectives that they're to stop those who are uh defects or like you know we're we're more human and you're they're hunting them down it's kind of blade runner-ish and you have nolan north actually playing the main character which you know he's a pro with motion capture case in point uncharted and other things he's been a part of and that one had some very uh, interesting themes because that whole idea of living forever and being immortal that that's something that will always give you a thought in life of like how long do you really want to live and they go with those thoughts and it leads to some much important conversations between some who is partially synthetic and that's why they even have the whole idea of live forever because well they're modified they're cyborgs and i liked the whole art direction behind it i mean even though it's mocap animation there is a lot of beautiful scenery and it, it brings much mystery it's like okay he's visiting a woman who lives in this house that is right next to this very dirty city and i kind of want to explore all that but it ends right after it's like okay some of these shorts feel like it's the beginning to a a full like a full feature length film a series or even a game and yet it just ends and we just we never hear from it again because these shorts are an anthology they're well they're kind of anthology they're different shorts that don't link to each other other than these themes i feel like if you're gonna do that and you've got these big grand ideas i kind of want them to be longer than what they are they're like 12 minutes at most or 15 minutes at most yeah there's a few that are almost 20 minutes i think there's a few that are like 17 or something and like that one you mentioned i think might be the longest one it's either that one or the one about the guy that's lived forever and everybody's after his organs. Well, they're after his balls. Yeah, well, that too. 
and that's the thing some of these shirts bring up these plot points that we don't even see like they when they mention uh, another shirt that this guy has these magic literally a magical nut sack that people want and that doesn't get brought up anymore because it, it just gets sidetracked by this whole idea of you know another finding another person who lives forever so I, I think that's something to work on with season three is just make these long. I know some people are like, oh, I don't want more episodes. Well, you don't have to make more episodes. Just maybe focus on a few and stress them out a little more. So where they could be bowling. Sure. I mean, you look at Black Mirror, for example, which that's what this season feels like it's moving towards. Each episode, I believe, was th- around 30 minutes to an hour long. Yeah, they could do, like, honestly, four or five shorts that are, like, maybe 30 minutes, 40 minutes tops. Well, I wouldn't even mind eight. Like, just make them have a beginning, middle, end instead of giving us this cliffhanger we're not going to explore because of their shorts. But I guess their idea is that, well, we want people to think about these things and maybe imagine what they feel like the further adventures will be. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I mean... I get that. For people who do like that, that's great. For me, I kind of like that beginning, the middle, and like, for example, the the one that is stop motion about the kids discovering what Santa really is. <laughs> that was amazing. And it had a beginning, middle, and end. I mean, a, a joke that you had to think about yourself. That was a brilliant episode. And that was one of the ones that very much did a minimalized uh, representation of what the theme is for the series yeah that was one of my favorite ones that and the guy in the grass with those things on the train i love that one oh that's the one where it was like a moving art painting i like that yeah that one i I guess it could be like the opening to something but it ended in a way where i was like all right well i i guess you could just make this as it is or the length as it is still I would like for next time to, you know, you could make it eight episodes long, but have them be 30 minutes or even to an hour, but like have it to where we were in a place. I would make, if the short's going to be 15 minutes long, then make it to where it has that beginning, the middle end. We're like, all right, that's our story. We have it right there, but just none of these cliffhangers. Cause you have these beautiful world worlds. People spend, months and years on like there is some concept art for this some actual painting and and 3d models or 2d models for that matter for the one 2d short drawing with hand i think it would be cool to just be able to finish this world that these studios want to create instead of cutting them off in the 15 minute mark so yeah but i like it i give a regular gun I think it is better than the first season in that regard. But yeah, we'll see more. I don't know who the director is for season three, but I'm sure we'll come up when season three happens. And I'll look forward to it. Yeah, I like this too. I I think both shows are worth your time if you're a fan of animation. And I can't wait. I'm interested to see what creative people they're going to get to be involved with season three. Yeah, I, I guess... If there's a reason or reason why there's more CG animation, I wonder how long is it like do, does it actually take for these studios to make these shorts? 
-hmm. And if it, because if it happens to be a year or less than a year, do they have to make constraint? Because from what I can understand, CG animation is a lot easier than 2D animation. I mean, knowing that you have to kind of go out, you do have to use a pen, pen or a pen pencil. Although unless you're doing flash animation, there's other things. But I, I mean, I don't know. I'll, I'll, we'll see what happens. And I hope that these studios will go off and make their own feature-length films. So that is what we have for today. Now, tomorrow I'm going to review Army of the Dead with Justin. That'll be that part two. No, excuse me, part two. But for us next week, we'll talk about Corella on Friday. That'll, that's the one big movie that will be streaming. It's going to be on Disney+. Plus. And then I'm going to see if I can watch The Quiet Place 2 on a Saturday morning. If not, then Justin will review it, and then I'll talk about the Pegasus Film Festival. I mean, I'll see it either next week or the week after, but, uh, you know, and then I'll talk about it when I can. But thank you for being part of this part one. Stick around for part two. Have a good weekend, everybody. Watch yeah. some MODOK. Let me know if Army of the Dead is good. Yeah, we'll see. So, doing part two with Justin while he is at work filming some top secret information <laughs> and from the government. That's why he's in that tent because he uh, he is actually with the Pentagon right now. Oh, right now. you gave it away. You weren't supposed to. Well, I mean, you got the big fancy glasses. I mean, having a. Are you like near anybody right now? No, no. Okay. Because I would. Real. Yeah, like when you had your mask on, I was like, oh, is someone coming up to you? It's like, hey, what are you doing, Justin? Get back to work. Well, well in case they do, so. Okay, all right. Well, I mean, this is mostly audio, so hey, no, whether your mask on, mask off. Just hearing okay. your voice is not, yeah. Then I'll keep it up. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you got to, because the movie we're talking about, Army of the Dead, I mean, you have to prepare yourself for the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, I mean, that virus right. could spread. Just... You could be infected uh, out there. <laughs> yeah, I can't do that because I need to be here for the shoot. Yeah, and uh, this comes to us from filmmaker Zack Snyder, who I am not a big fan. Uh, I, I guess the movie I really liked was 300. I thought that movie was fun. Outside of that, I was I did not like any of his films, and mostly I saw the comic book movies, whether it be the his Watchmen or uh, was it Man of Steel, and then that Zack Snyder Justice League cut wasn't crazy about that. Sucker so, punch. Yeah, this is his new film, original project, or at least I'm not based off any familiar property. This is me going off and making a zombie movie. It's actually a zombie heist movie, kind of, because you got Dave Batista having to put together a crew of special talent to go in and, and steal lots of, like, lots of money while there's a zombie apocalypse going on and many people are getting infected. So while they're having to traverse around the deadly zombie territory, there's other horror creatures they might run into. And maybe some twists and turns of all that. I've not seen Dawn of the Dead. I heard that was good. It looks like that's one of his first movies. Okay, so that's probably why he went back to do another zombie movie. 2004, yeah. 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 But I will say immediately, 
I am so glad to see Zack Snyder just finally admitting to what he's best at and also what he's not best at. Because th- this film, unlike his comic book movies he's put out, it gets right to the point. It doesn't take like 10 minutes into the movie where you get zombies striking down on humans and we get into what, what this whole thing is about. I mean, yeah, and then you get the setup with all the characters and the build-up to the heist, but then again, afterwards, it gets straight into the zombie really, or the thriller, I wouldn't say action, but most of the time, they're kind of trying to be stealthy, trying to sneak around, all that, unless they have to break out the big guns. Yeah. And I appreciate that. I, I mean, I also like Dave Bautista. I think he can really sell himself as an action star, uh, regardless of whether or not the quality of, of the script is good. I feel like he does put his heart into whatever films he, he's putting out. And I, I like that he's got range. He's not that goofy, at least that, that super goofy Dave Bautista people recognize as Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy. He can play other types of characters too he's great in that yeah and some of the other cast members in this because you actually get quite a few in this little squad which is interesting because watching this i felt like he wanted to make a suicide squad movie i felt the same way yeah it's a squad of people yeah yeah misfits in their own way and they're going through a suicide mission that could pro- probably kill them, and people are going to die. I mean, regardless, whether you know, someone's going to die in this movie. I mean, you have an army of zombies uh, going on, and other thing. I mean, people who saw the trailer, they know there's a zombie tiger, so that that is out there. Uh, <laughs> which, when that showed up, I was like, okay. I, I like that they were playing with other types of zombie creatures. Instead of just zombies all the time, we got zombie animals. I mean, it's not the first this to do it. Horse. Yeah. I feel like what what the best part about this is really when Zack Snyder is setting up the action. He's setting up the tension at it, regardless. I mean, when it's two characters arguing, because in this film, there are some betrayals uh, that which may does add some interest to this is that this isn't a squad of people who just love each other they want to uh, get or they want to stick out for each other most of them do but there are a few like discourses here and there that tells you okay someone's really in it for them and that that is interesting uh and I actually really love what they do with the zombies because you, you see so many zombie movies. You're thinking, all right, this is going to be the same zombie thing whatsoever. Actually, there's a special thing going on later that you discover with the zombies and that I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. So, all right, these zombies aren't exactly like every other zombie movie. They have skills. <laughs> yeah. Well, they have skills, but also you even have a zombie king and queen, and there's like a whole subplot with them. I was like, okay. Yeah. That I haven't seen before in a zombie movie. Do you think that the skills that they have is uh, like 
if you had them as a human, you were able to carry them over as a zombie, or once you became a zombie, you got those skills? I don't know. <laughs> I guess what we, I mean, because I'm trying to get praised. Like, I'm not trying to dog on Zack Snyder for the heck of it. I actually had more fun with this than I did with his comic book movies. And that's because he doesn't waste time. And that's what I felt like with those other films. They were super slow paced. Like he would he would have so much slow motion. Like there would be scenes of lots of slow motion going on. But, but that Zack Snyder cut, there was a, at least a few minutes of like a sesame seed, a sesame seed just floating in space. And here they just get right to it. I don't think there was a single slow-mo scene. Well, except for in the beginning in the credits. I mean, there's a long long opening credits, which is really slow-mo, but it was awesome. It was a really good way to introduce the movie. And like, they, they, you know, it just happens in seconds in the beginning. Like they kill off people who you would normally like want to win in a situation and, and they let you know immediately that this is not for the faint of heart. You got to be a really strong-willed person to get through this movie because it's going to be gruesome. Oh, it's gory. I mean, they sell that R rating pretty. Uh, uh, like, there, there's a lot of deaths, a lot of uh, uh, body parts ripping off, faces getting chewed off. So they sell the door. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of a mother holding her child getting smashed to death. Yeah, there's a lot of gore. So, I mean, he can sell that, but when it comes to the storytelling with, with the characters, yeah, I, I didn't buy these characters either. A lot of them were types. I mean, you got the girl who can fly a helicopter and the shady mercenary who you can tell is going to betray everyone. Some, yeah, I, no, I, I was like, yeah, uh, you got the brilliant engineer who always has to have an accent, whether it be a German, Russian, Irish, Scottish. Yeah. But one of the, the cases, he's the smart guy who can pull some strings. And then you also got the, uh, the, the pouty woman, because there's a subplot between David Batista and uh, someone who uh, decides to tag along and is like, no, I'm coming with you. Hey, if you don't let me come along with you, I'm going to go anyway, and I'm going to probably die, and it'll be your fault. I was like, Jesus. All right. Yeah, I, I mean, some of these characters just suck. And... and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. This is like the Bad Batch. You know, this is a group of like the Bad Batch. Like they kind of all, they're, you know, they're just typical, exactly what you would think when it comes to, you know, a hero. Uh, yeah, a smart guy. And also the black guys in the group, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, you gotta, gotta bring a little bit of diversity in there. Yeah, a little bit. A little also bit. with the, uh, the, the whole thing here is that they this uh, gentleman wants these guys to go in and uh, retrieve something and get the helicopter and and you can he was going to be able to divvy up fifty million dollars, however he wanted. So he got together this group of people and uh, 
Yeah, yeah Tig Notaro is one of the stars in there. Um, Garrett Dillahunt, Omari Hardwick, and yeah, Dave Batista. Some of these faces do look familiar. Some don't. It's not like an all-star cast or anything, but yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was yeah cast perfectly. But I completely agree with you that nobody gives an S about these characters. Like we don't care what happens to them. There's no sort of real connection. You know, Batista's going through a, a loss with his wife and. You know, his daughter's there uh, trying to um, go along this journey with him. So, Which was a dumb idea. Like, do you not even get the memo with all, all of these? There, this movie opens up with just lots of zombies on screen. Why would you? Yeah. So, you know, I, because I, I was entertained on a basic level, I was entertained by this. So, yeah, I would give it a high D. So I think people will watch this and they, they'll have, might have fun with it. But, yeah, it's, this is why, like, I don't really get into Zack Snyder's movies. Because the other thing is, while the story is also not good, it ends on such a, such a like, an M. Night Shyamalan twist at the end. And when that happened, I was like, all right, stop. I don't want to rewatch this movie. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, first of all, two and a half hours, and it really goes on for a really long, like, it just, there's so much dragging. But, you know, I will say that I really did enjoy that whole king and queen, or the queen and the, you know, the guy, uh, the followers was really, really interesting. I thought that was awesome. Um, Because ultimately, like, that's what they were actually there for was for them. But, uh yeah, I mean, it's it's too bad the characters that I cared about was actually the the kind of, you know, those new kind of zombie creatures that we saw, um, just because it was something new and fresh. Otherwise, this is a typical zombie movie, you know, it, it will be, you're lucky if you get out alive. But um, I thought Zach Snyder did a really good job, and I think he has a, you know, a good start to a blockbuster sort of summer that we have coming with this movie and i'm glad it's out on netflix so people can watch it yeah it's definitely I, got a lot of buzz i i think this need to be where it is like on netflix i would not go out in the theaters to watch this but this is right where it needs to be just at home like just turn off your well i mean for two and a half hours that's probably hard to do but you know watch it in parts maybe i don't know yeah that's just what <laughs> yeah. I mean. yeah no i would give it a high high decent as well i think it's yeah. You know, a high decent, low good. It's a really, it's nothing's been blowing me away this year yet. Nothing, I'm really sad about uh, how I feel after I watch a movie, but otherwise, uh, you know, they're just they're just good movies, and I'm glad that they're out there for us to see something something new every week. Okay. Next time, well, here's the thing: is Cody uh, the reason why we're doing this split up because Cody and Justin they're free and unavailable on two different days. But, Sorry about that. Well, well, actually, that's okay because he can only do Fridays. But next week will be the last week, and then the following week, we could I could get you both on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so yeah. great. Next week, I'm going to be watching Corella with uh, Cody. So me and Cody are going to be reviewing Corella, and then I'm going to try to go to the theaters to see A Quiet Place Two with a friend Saturday morning. So that will be for us. And 
If not, if I'm unable to see Quiet Place 2 on that weekend and ends up being on another weekend, then I'll just talk about the Pegasus Film Festival if I get a chance to see it. But you'll, you'll mainly be talking about it, of course, if you get a chance to see Quiet Place 2. But yeah, those are the two big movies coming out next week. Okay. Yeah. That sounds good. I'm going to let you get back to your duties. And yeah. Talk to you Thanks later. so much. It's good to see you, buddy. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Oh, and uh, you can. Oh, yeah. Pons Press on uh, Facebook.com says Pons Press. Instagram says Pons Press. Twitter at Pons 64 um, Also, Discord, all boards, Discord. We'll actually do a Corella watch party on Discord the very Sunday after the movie's released. Uh, oh, and video clips. Whenever I put them out on Instagram Reels and TikTok, both under Pons Follow over there and podcast the Pondswiss podcast is available, of course, every platform you can think of on Pondswiss. Justin in the middle of filming a sh- uh, short film that he's a part of, but also with Worth of View movies, talking about all these other things. That's right. Worth of View movies on all the platforms. Check it yeah. out. And uh, the Fleming Film Show. Uh, also, Cody's on there. We talk about our favorite, our top five favorite road trip movies. All right. Yeah. There. Yeah, and uh, Cody and Justin will be back together when uh, uh, was it? Conjuring, Conjuring Three. That's coming yeah. out. Yeah, that'll be on HBO Max and in theaters. So that'll be that's the one movie we'll be talking about. Although uh, my brother gave me a birthday gift, and that was Mister Mister Pobler or Mister Pobler's Penguins. The the Mister Pobler's Penguins. Yeah, yeah. I just watched that like last month, so I'm in. I'm yeah. ready to talk about it. I have not seen it yet ever, but I will watch it and review it on that week. So that will be what we'll look out for that. But until next time, take care. Until next time. Bye, buddy.